Testament reading, Psalm 138. It's not up there. Yes, it is. Okay, that's on page 568. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased strength within me. All the kings on earth will give you thanks, Lord, when they hear what you have promised. They will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the humble, but he knows the haughty from a distance. If I walk into, into the thick of danger, you will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand. Your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your love is eternal. Do not abandon the work of your hands. The next reading is Colossians chapter 1, from verse 28. It's on page 1084. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have I have for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love, so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments, for I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit. Rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of the Messiah. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them. He triumphed over them by by him. This is the word of our Lord.
Uh, well, uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm one of the student ministers. I've been around a, almost a year now. It's been lovely. Um, I might pray just before we get into God's Word. And Father God, you know uh, our lives and where we've come from today and this week. And we just pray now that as we uh, hear from you in your Word, that you may lift our eyes and our hearts and our beings to see you for who you are, and that we might be reminded again of your goodness, and that we might live in response to this. Amen. Now let me ask you this. Do you think that in 10 years from now, you'll be more excited about Jesus than you are today? You know, the pe- have you met those people um, you know, they're a bit further ahead of you in the Christian walk. And their excitement and their joy in the Lord just oozes out. You know, they've been there for 20, 30, 40 years. And it's just oozing out of them. You chat to them and they just can't help it. It just comes out. It's infectious, isn't it, being around those people? But, you know, I also have um, friends who I grew up with. Uh, I grew up going to church uh, and went to university. And... There was a time of great growth and excitement for us. Uh, we went, you know, you'd, there'd be talks at uni, there'd be um, camps and conferences, and you'd be at church and just getting taught and learning and all these things, a great excitement. But now they're hitting their 30s. Um, their excitement, their joy, their passion, it just seems to have been f- fading. They've, um, you know, life's happened and it's happening they've gotten married they've gotten a full-time job they've had kids it seems just like christianity might just be kind of getting a little bit ho-hum a bit this is just what you do for them now i'm not sure about your own christian life about if you reflect back on your own last five ten years uh how's that been for you do you feel like you've grown in your passion and excitement about the Lord Jesus? Have you deepened in your faith? But I know that in 10 years' time, for me, I want to be more keen, more excited, more in love with Jesus than I am right now today. So in 10 years' time, if someone asked me that question, I could look back and say, you know what? By God's grace, I have grown. I have grown as a Christian. He, I'm delighting more and satisfied and resting in him more than I was 10 years ago. So this is what we're looking at today in this passage. Um, and I, I'm praying that as we just look at two verses, that it might set us up for a trajectory of life in which we grow in our love, our appreciation, and our affection of Jesus. The two verses I just want to look at and unpack is chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Now, I reckon these two verses, they're kind of the key to the book of Colossians, but they're kind of the essence and the heart of Christianity. So I think if we understand them, we get what Christianity is about. So have a look with me. We'll read it out. Verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. Now, from there, I just I'm going to have kind of three points I want us to explore uh, and and think about how it's going to help us to start 
to continue and finish well as a Christian. So my three points are, you start with Jesus, you stick with Jesus, and you stay stoked on Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? The S's. So anyway, the st- starting with Jesus. Now this starting with Jesus, it's really the kind of assumption or the foundation to this verse, isn't it? Verse 6, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. That is, the people that Paul's writing to, they've already received Jesus as their Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to receive Christ the Lord? Well, in a nutshell, I reckon it's simply about a response to Jesus. But we'll explore it. See, who is this Jesus? I mean, everyone's heard of Jesus. Some people really don't like hearing the name Jesus, but he's a man in history 2,000 years ago who lived and walked around Palestine. And we have eyewitness accounts of his extraordinary life, his death and his resurrection. And he's had profound impact, profound impact on millions of people across the world. Now, the Jesus that Paul's talking about, he's been kind of unpacking who he is earlier in the chapter And I want us to just come back and kind of read through together from chapter 1, verse 15. Now, the heads up, this Jesus, he's kind of something big, all right? That's just the heads up. Verse 15, he's the image of the invisible God. That is, he makes God known to us, the firstborn over all creation. You know, that's not in the literal sense, the firstborn, but in the, the one who's been appointed heir of everything. Verse 16, for everything was created by him. Everything that we see and we don't see. See, in heaven, things in heaven and things on earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. See, the purpose of everything in this world is for Jesus. This Jesus who walked 2000, this, this earth 2,000 years ago, he is the one who is ruler and he reigns over all things. He is the one who upholds everything in this world. He's central to the, the world we live in. And you know what blows me away about this Jesus? He's not only this, but he's also the one who would lay his life down for his people. Come down to verse 22 in chapter 1. But now he, that is Jesus, has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before, you, before him. And this is who Jesus is. He's the Lord and ruler of everything. And he's the one who died on the cross for your sake to present you holy and blameless before God. Now, what does it mean for us to receive him? To receive him. So this is who Jesus is. So what does it mean to receive him? Now, it's not some kind of mystical experience that happens, you know, in some certain room. Uh, and I it's not even just about some kind of work of believing uh, or not even uh, some sort of work of trying to keep by a bunch of rules or not. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's just a simple response of I'm a broken sinner who sees who Jesus is 
And you realize, and I realize, that I actually need to receive him. I need to accept this gift that he's offering. Now, I'm not sure um, where you're at with Jesus. Like for for many, um, the reality of who he is and what he's done for you, you might be on a, a journey, you know. It takes time for us to get who Jesus is as both the Lord and ruler and the saviour. But it takes time. And as you kind of weigh it up and you read and you talk to people, you, you start becoming convinced of the truth of what he's speaking about. And you receive him by, letting, by accepting his gift of salvation and you let him rule your life. You submit to his reign. You let him call the shots. You willingly bow the knee before this man, this God. See, can I ask you, have you done that in your life? Have you recognized the truth of who Jesus is? And have you willingly and gladly accepted him as your Lord? See, some of, some of us love the idea that Jesus is our Savior. But the idea that he's our Lord and, and runs life and causes shots in our lives, it just doesn't sit right. We don't like it, does it? But can I say, you actually can't have Jesus as your saviour only because that is not who he is. He is both the Lord and the saviour. You can only receive him as he is. Now, obviously, I'm, I think this is the best uh, gift anyone can ever receive. And to me, it's a no-brainer. You know, you'd be crazy not to take this gift uh, the famous missionary Jim Elliot, you're probably familiar with this quote, said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Now, Paul writes to these people having already received Jesus as Lord. And that's how you begin the Christian life. That's how you become a Christian. Uh, but now he wants to continue to tell them how do they continue as a Christian. And here's the thing about the Christian life. You begin and you start the Christian life by receiving Jesus. And in the same way, you continue by living and receiving Jesus as your Lord. So come back, uh, chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, that is in light of all who Jesus is and what he's done for you, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in him. So the key to kind of understand that is that as you have, you know, little phrase, um, that it's, it's in the same way that you receive Jesus, that you walk in him. Do you, do you, get, do you get what I'm saying there? So it's, it's in the same manner that you received Jesus as Lord, that you continue to walk in him. Uh, you never move on or away from Jesus. So it's not as though um, Jesus kind of is the, the door to the house, right? And so you, you come through Jesus and then you come into the house and there's different rooms of different things that you move on to. No, it's, it's not like that at all. You come, you receive Jesus as your Lord, and each room is just Jesus. You go, you know, you turn around the corner, you go, oh, Jesus. Yeah, oh, you know, everywhere is Jesus. Or another way of putting it, you know, Jesus is your kind of entree, your main, and your dessert. You know, he's, he's everything. Um, but the point is, like, you start the Christian life the same way you continue the Christian life. And you continue it by sticking with Jesus. Now this, 
I think it's the real challenge of living as a Christian. It's, it's really challenging to live in the same way that you started. See, I know many who have um, received Jesus, but then kind of drifted away from him. And it's a, it's a real daily struggle to continue to put Jesus as number one, as your Lord and your Savior. I, um, I remember a real dry period in my life, maybe four years ago. Um, I was working as an engineer in the day. My wife and I just bought a house and we were renovating it before we could move in. So we kind of had eight months of working days and renovating at nights and weekends in any spare time. Um, and I remember kind of during that time, I was, I was kind of going to church. I remember sitting in church, kind of just feeling dry. Um, it was kind of a real hectic time, but I remember just sitting there thinking, I'm here, I'm hearing what they're saying, but I just haven't got joy. I'm not excited about what I'm hearing. I just felt flat. Um, I think it's just because I was just totally distracted from Jesus with my whole life. That I kind of lost my, you know, my sight on, on who he was. And I, I reckon we all have those things in our lives that perhaps distract us and just take away our focus from Jesus. And it comes on every front. So given the danger and the reality of the distraction... What does it mean to actually stick with Jesus? How are we going to do that? Well, Paul gives us three different images of sticking with Jesus. And the key to all of them is it's the idea of kind of staying put but growing. So if you want to continue, you need to stay in Jesus, with Jesus, but kind of continue to grow in him. So come verse 6. Uh, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. See, the first image is that of, you know, an agricultural image of a tree. You know, the image of trees and its roots growing down and being rooted in the soil. Now, it's it's interesting, like, if a a tree uh, isn't growing, then there's something wrong with the tree isn't there and it's the same way with the christian life Uh, it's the same with jesus if you're not growing deeper and down in him more satisfied then there's a problem in your christian life you might not be growing as god would like you to and i reckon um if you reflect back on life there might be periods where this has been true for you and it kind of happens slowly to us i think you know, but little, little bit by little bit at a time. Many of us may have started out as a Christian, kind of going hung-ho. And then as life goes on and time goes on, it changes. Uh, instead of kind of Jesus being the center and the key to living, we kind of start to move Jesus into our backpack. You know, uh, you know what I mean? Like, no longer is his perspective, his view on life, uh, the reality of heaven and hell and his return shaping and affecting our lives it's as though as we've kind of put jesus with us and we're just trudging through life got that career yeah got the house yeah we'll get some holidays and you just you're just looking at all these things and sure we take jesus with us but he's not center and he's not shaping everything all your decisions and what you do 
And see, I think here's the thing, right? Like Christianity, it's not just a one-off decision that you've made in the past to have Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior. It's an ongoing, continual, daily decision to wake up and to choose to let him and his perspective shape your world and your life. Now, the second image is this image of kind of sticking with Jesus, is the building, you know, that building image of being built up in, in, uh, in Jesus. So this is kind of the image of growing out in godliness, like a building that's been built on firm foundations. It's a life of ever-increasing godliness, which over time, you know, if you reflect back, the, you know, you may have become more patient, more forgiving, more generous, more sacrificial. As you reflect, Jesus has been formed uh, more and more in your life. And did you know that apparently um, New York Times hired a journalist to follow uh, the great evangelist Billy Graham around for three years uh, to try and find dirt on him? Uh, did you know what they found? Do you know what they found? They didn't find anything. Three years of observing and watching Billy Graham's life, they didn't find anything. So here is a man whose life continued to grow in godliness. Now, just as we don't kind of have to have our stuff together to receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour, it's the same to continue. So there might be things that we will struggle with our whole lives. Uh, and we need to hear that God's gift is sufficient for you. You can trust him in every, that every past, present and future sin is accounted for. But can I say that does not mean that we won't grow in our godliness over time? See, God does promise growth in your godliness. And sometimes I reckon we can kind of, uh, pre- you know, prevent... <laughs> prevent that from happening in a kind of not that you can prevent it but we kind of hold on to different parts of our lives that we don't want god to change or renew or build afresh in us um there's there's another guy augustine he lived around 354 ad he's you know a massive kind of church father of christianity massive writer massive theologian thinker and pastor um Everyone's still reading his stuff these days. But he was born into a Christian family, right? Uh, his mother was a kind of a devout believer in Jesus. And he kind of grew up in that. But around uh, the age of 17, although he was raised Christian, he kind of left the church and wandered away. Um, there was a period where he kind of had a, a mistress. Uh, and there's this famous prayer that uh, you probably heard it, that he, um, he prayed during this time of with, with sleeping with this woman. He says, listen to this, Lord, grant me chastity and continence, but not yet. So isn't this the kind of the prayer of our age? We may grow, we may desire to grow in godliness, but just hold off. Just, just let me enjoy it for a little while longer. So can I encourage you that in your daily struggle and battle to live in godliness, in the moment, choose to be built up in Jesus. Don't say to yourself, I'll make that decision later. If the decision's there, choose then. 
Choose them. The last image we're given is this image of kind of sticking with Jesus. Is one which is established in the faith. Of growing kind of firmer and firmer in your convictions about Christianity's and his kind of foundational truths. I think this kind of happens, it happens in many ways. I'll give you two. Firstly, I think it's, it's by kind of digging into his word and seeking to kind of grow in your understanding and knowledge of God, his world, and ourselves. Um, but it's, it's so much more than just knowledge. Um, so I think it also happens, secondly, as you go through life, you experience uh, God's goodness to you. And you can, you can see his daily graces. You can see how he's looked after you in the past and held you in the past. Um, you're aware that every breath is given by him. And there's all these simple delights that you have. So I reckon the more you kind of have time to reflect and, and look back on your life, you can see God's hand in your life. And you're convinced. You're more and more convinced of who he is and what he has, has done for you. See, I don't know if you have time, uh, you know, planned out or space in your week or your days where you get to do this. See, I don't, know, I don't know what it would look like for you to practically have time to reflect or dig into God's Word and to reflect on your life. Uh, I mean, we do it every week at church. Uh, there's good opportunities to do it there and hive groups. But, you know, there's so many other ways that this happens. Like, it could just be in the car with Christian music just reflecting and, and hearing where your heart's kind of stirred to affection for Jesus. It could just be going out for a coffee, you know, and you're chatting about the things of Christ. You know what helps me do this? Going for a surf. I, if I just go for a paddle, uh, go for a wave, catch some waves, it really just helps me to slow down, reflect, uh, reflect on God, his goodness, and lift my eyes to see Jesus. See, what does it mean for us to stick with Jesus? Well, it means growing down in our satisfaction. It means growing up in our godliness. And it means growing firmer and firmer in our convictions. So you've got two, two points. You, stick, you start with Jesus, you stick with Jesus, and now finally you're stoked with Jesus. Last point, um, I'll read verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. See, thankfulness is just overflowing, it's just oozing out of you. Why? Why gratitude? I think it's because when you understand the depth of your sin and the holiness of who God is and what it cost him for him to pardon you and to forgive you you'll always be forever grateful and forever thankful for his gift, wouldn't you? See, it's a life of remembering Jesus. It's a life of knowing yourself and who God is that just overflows in thankfulness. See, the Christian life is pretty simple, isn't it, really, if you think about it? You start, you stick, and you're stoked on Jesus. And how you start is how you end and how you continue. It's a daily grind of waking up and continuing to stick with Jesus as your Lord. I can, uh, uh, 
Can I just um, finish by saying that as you do this, as you let Jesus shape and transform you from the inside out, your worldview on things changes, your perspective changes, and he gives you great confidence that he is sufficient and all you need. He gives you great assurance of his rule and his control in all things. And you can be assured that he is the good God who has your best at heart. And that's why you can just be oozing out thankfulness and gratitude. How about I pray? And Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus. And we pray and ask that we would be people who receive him as Lord and we stick with him as Lord and we ooze out thankfulness and gratitude all our days. Please work in us to do this daily. Amen.